Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, I'm in Pittsburgh. The Oilers and the Penguins tomorrow. That is an 11 o'clock puck drop. Pre-game show at 9.30 on 6.30. Chet, play-by-play, one or 11 o'clock. Uh, myself, Jack Michaels with the call. Uh, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins will join us. Then at 2 o'clock, Morley and Dave will have the Eskimos encounter in Regina, Saskatchewan. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, courtesy of the horses and horse racing Alberta, Mark Spector. Tomorrow at Century Mile, the top two and three-year-olds in Alberta battle for over 350000 in purse money. The Alberta Superfinals night post time is 7.15 at Century Mile Racetrack out in Nisku. So Speck will join us in 18 seconds time. Robbie Brown, former Pittsburgh Penguin, part of the Oilers Radio Network at 135. Do you want to mention the Oilers have three... Uh, home games next week team plays in pittsburgh they'll fly immediately following tomorrow's game uh it will be an off day on sunday for edmonton and then they get arizona monday the st louis blues on wednesday and taylor hall and the new jersey devils friday three home games there are tickets available for all three games visit edmontonoiters.com for more information guests in the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations as we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and are joined by Mark Spector. Speck, how are you? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, what's going on, man? Well, I saw you an hour ago. Saw you last night. We watched two, uh, two, two of the periods of the Nashville game. So not much has changed. But this is a big, this is a big game here tomorrow, isn't it? Between Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Like, is it always going to be a big game? Do you think because of Crosby, McDavid, and do we now have a act two with this as well, with the return of Malkin for Pittsburgh and one Leon Drysaddle emerging with Edmonton? Lots of storylines. Yeah. Well, and any time you get right, I mean, it's two things. They only play twice a year. So we get to look forward to two of them a year. And Crosby and McDavid, two of the great players in this generation. So, you know, you're going to look back one day and say that you saw every game that Crosby and McDavid played. Uh, and now you throw in a dry side of and It's just, as I think Dave Tippett said this morning, when you just get a collection of great players all on the ice, who doesn't want to watch that game? He said when he was a kid, he wasn't a Boston fan, but when Bobby Orr came on Hockey Night in Canada, he always watched it. And uh, that's probably a pretty fair analogy, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. Connor's won the statistical battle, but Sydney has won the team battle. And you know that the competitive juices, they, you know, they rise with players. Oh, yeah. Like Connor won't like the fact. Like, yeah, he's got 10 points, uh, I believe, in this matchup. And if I'm not mistaken, Crosby only has like four. 
Um, but their records are Crosby six and zero, <laughs> and Connor is zero three and three. So you know that both guys value the six and zero more than any kind of points battle. So yeah, I would say that's. I'll bet you quietly, Connor McDavid's sick and tired of losing to Sid Crosby. I'm sure at first he felt sort of, you know, deferential to Crosby because he grew up idolizing the guy. But that's got to have passed now. I think, you know, it's fun to play against Crosby, but it hasn't been any fun losing to him every time. I'll bet you McDavid's just about had enough, Bobby, of walking off that ice a loser against Sid Crosby's well, Penguins, don't you? Yeah, and Mark, I mean, let's face it, the Oilers, uh, you know, a couple years ago in Edmonton, Pittsburgh won in a shootout in a game where Fleury should have been called for a trip in overtime, right? Crosby walked around, or McDavid walked around uh, him. Uh, last year, McDavid got stopped in a shootout in the second, or not in the shootout, but a penalty shot uh, in the third period of the game, the uh, 3-1 shootout loss. And, of course, Crosby walked Ryan Strom and got Ryan Strom traded. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that seemed to me to be fait accompli for his plate in Edmonton. Uh, so, I mean, the, it's not like the Oilers haven't had... I mean, these games have all been... There, there hasn't been any blowouts. I mean, the first game here was a 4-3 game, and uh, Leon was playing with Milan Lucic, and that line went minus four, and McDavid's line was plus three. But the Oilers lost the game. Like, Edmonton's been in all six of the games against Pittsburgh. I seem to remember Pouliot scoring a goal in his own net in that game. Um, you know, they have they all been close, obviously three of them going to overtime, so they're all coin flip games. Uh, and just great hockey. Like, you know what, I think I'm writing the story right now, Bob, and maybe you can help me with this. It's, you know, I looked at the stats. It's This started with the fact that this October there was five 20-point or more players in the National Hockey League. And we haven't had that in the league since 93-94. So I asked some guys around the room about that and if it's changing. But I looked at the stats, Bob. Scoring is not up from last year. Power plays are not up from last year. It's exactly the same. But somehow, Bob, we're starting to see, you know, Svechnikov scores that lacrosse goal. And Matt Kachuk last night with that incredible goal from a distance through his legs. Uh, we're seeing different kind of offense and, and seemingly more of it, though the statistics say not. Is offense changing around the league a little? Is, is the game more open for fun goals now? How about I throw this at you? I wonder about the amount of games played in October. <laughs> A few more games played this year, like about 16. Right, because we got started right on October 2nd, not on the second week of October. So did that play a factor? And then part two for you, spec for me, is we're really seeing top-heavy te- Like Boston's got Bergeron with Pasternak and Marshawn, and Marshawn and Pasternak are both over 20 points. And the Colorado guys, even though they've got Rent and now Landeskog out, like they play McKinnon, like teams are loading up those top lines. So what's happening is you're seeing less diversified scoring. Like you and me have been doing shows here for the last two weeks. One of the orders is going to get secondary scoring, and they're 9-4-1. and one. Without the secondary, maybe there just isn't as much, you know, maybe the game is more open for the top end skill guys and teams are running those guys longer in power plays and that sort of thing. And those guys are picking up a greater percentage of the offense. And that's why you'd have five twenty plus point scores combined with maybe some of those teams playing lots of games. Well, listen, it's clear to say that if the top guys are getting more points but scoring's not up from last year, then then I'm going to tell you, Bob, that you know, the third and fourth line guys are obviously scoring less goals <laughs> and maybe getting less ice time. Like, There's probably a, a deep study here 
But uh, I think the things you say that have changed are the concentration of a team's best players all together on the top line. You know, we used to talk about duos, and everybody had two guys to play together. But now, Rantanen is playing up on the top line, right, with McKinnon and Laniscog. And and Pasternak is going up there with Marchand and Bergeron. And, you know, and certainly in Edmonton, the power play, like the second unit, there's no second power play unit here. They get like 20 seconds. You know, there's, there's, you know, Dave Tippett was talking about when he played, it was a, about a minute each. Not in this power play, man. These guys, these guys eat up a minute and a half for sure, the top unit, and whatever's left is left for the other guys. But uh, it's, it's funny because it seems like more fun hockey and higher score. Look at the two games last night where they're not uh, six five five four, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. come from behind games against really yeah. good teams. Like Vegas has yeah. a good team and Nashville's got a good team. Right, right. Which maybe and means the, that maybe means Calgary, Montreal, Spec have good teams too. No, well, for sure they do. But it seems like hockey's becoming more fun, and we're getting lots of goals. And if the statistics aren't standing up to that, something's going on here, man. I'm digging the game more all the time. I think it's 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 more the kind of game that guys our age grew up with today than it was even five years ago. Mark Spector joining us, Spector and Stoffer for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Spec is, so is Leon Dreisaitl right there? Like, I mean, we're sitting here, he's leading the league in scoring. I know uh, we discussed a tweet I put out a couple nights ago and then provided some secondary numbers. I mean, Leon has tied for Ovechkin in goals since the start of last season with 62. Leon's third in points, nine points behind McDavid and Kucherov since the start of last year. Is he, a, is he a, you know, I mean, led the league in scoring in October. He had as good a month as anybody for me. Um, is he is he right there amongst the league's best? Is there any debate in your opinion? Well, listen, he's, to me, Bob, he, he's, if anything, he's been better than McDavid in the first month. I and mean, we're splitting hairs here because obviously we all know how good McDavid is. But Drysaddle's playing a minute more a game, and that minute is generally spent, you know, killing a five-on-three, taking tough defensive zone draws, uh, playing really strong defensive hockey uh, in positions that they don't put, you know, uh, McDavid in as much. So I guess I'll say this to you, Bob. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Drysdale's been the best player on the Edmonton Oilers in the last month. So if you're better than Connor McDavid, yeah, you're one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. Is that fair? Well, I mean, I, stronger. I mean, <laughs> and the other thing is, just he's take he plays different minutes than McDavid. He's mm-hmm. played more penalty killing minutes five on four because he didn't have Sheen for the first couple games. He had to take some draws. Then he's out there the other night in five on three. Great explanation from Dave Tippett on that. I mean, he's he's and I don't know how many of those other top end guys spec are playing those greasy, nasty, hard minutes the way Drysaddle is. Yeah, Bergeron would be. You know, he's one of those guys, but certainly not the high end skill guys like Kucherov isn't. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. Listen, he really compliments McDavid well. Like that, you know, that's another thing we all learned here is is as great as Gretzky was, he doesn't get to all those records if he doesn't have Curry on his side pulling the trigger for all those years, right? You know, he had an elite Hall of Fame finisher that helped Wayne Gretzky get the most out of Wayne Gretzky, and I think we're seeing that with McDavid. You know, he's got a guy with him that, you know, these two are. Absolute. I'll tell you, they're as money on a two-on-one as Gretzky and Curry used to be. You know, we watched all their Mark games. Mark Spector joining us for the horses. 
Horse race in Alberta tomorrow at Century Mile. The top two and three-year-olds in, in Alberta battle for 350000 k in purse money. Alberta Super Finals night post time 7.15 at Century Mile. Racetrack, sorry, Spec, for cutting you off there. we got a little bit of a reverb going on right now on this newfangled system that we got rolling. So we got a, a big game here to, uh, tomorrow, and then the Oilers return for three games. One of those games is against Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils, who have won just two two of, I believe, nine or ten games uh, to, to start the uh, the season. Do you have any, I mean, you you and me both remember when Grant Fuhrer got frustrated with the fans. I believe he called them jerks. I know something jerks. about being a jerk. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> we got great fans in Edmonton. Uh, there's two jerks on the air right now, but the fans aren't, but I felt some empathy for the position Taylor was in the other night because we all know what the issue in New Jersey has been. They don't have a bad team, but they can't get a stop if their life depended on it right now. And, you know, what's Taylor going to do? Sit there and say, Corey, you know, we outshoot a team 42-21 to 21 in regulation. The goalie can't be giving up six on 21. Is he gonna, He's not going to say that, obviously. Uh so he switched the focus a bit, but just your thoughts. Can a player be too honest sometimes, do you think? Well, you know what we all forget, and it's hard. These guys lose a tough game. They, they lost that game in overtime, I believe, to Tampa. They blew a lead. It's, it's going sour in Jersey here. And 10 minutes after the game, we're throwing microphones in front of these guys' faces and asking tough questions. And, you know, you're right, Bob. Taylor Hall can't say the obvious. Our goaltending stinks. Can't say that. So, But he's got to say something because all us media guys are standing there. So, yeah, you know, ask him again the next day. Would he bring the fans into this thing? I mean, I'm not going to speak for Taylor Hall, but I'll bet you he could think of something else to say that, that doesn't bring the fans in because that's kind of a taboo thing to, you know, to light up your own fans a little bit. But it's... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dump on Taylor Hall. It, it's a hard situation being a spokesman for a hockey team, and sometimes you say something you regret. I know Grant Fear did one day, uh, and it happens. That's all. By the way, uh, Corey Schneider Speck has an 8.47 save percentage, and Mackenzie Blackwood has an 8.71 save percentage. Yeah, you know what that translates to? That translates <laughs> to coaches getting fired. That's what happens when goalies are that bad. So uh, this is going to end. And they had Kincaid there, and the Canadians picked him off and got him. And uh, Taylor's leading their team in scoring with nine points in ten games. He's got two more points than anybody else. So I, I feel some empathy for the position he's in right now with the uh, New Jersey Devils. Spec, just to wrap up, yesterday we had Eddie Shack on the, on the show. Eddie made three references to being speared and then high-sticking somebody back sometimes across the head we really do live in a different time don't we <laughs> when you think about it back. oh my goodness you know stick i mean before we were watching hockey there was literally what they you know they had a phrase for it in hockey they called it stick swinging incidents like they don't I haven't yes. even heard of a stick swinging incident since i was a little boy uh but in our day you know, I mean, it was commonplace, even to if, if you were getting run in the corner as a defenseman, you know, 
prime example, Kevin Lowe, you put your stick up and make the guy skate through it. They don't do that anymore. Like, that's not part of hockey. And certainly guys used to spear each other all the time. Uh, and they don't do that anymore. Like, when's the last time you saw a spearing minor, Bob, let alone a spearing major? I can't think of one. So it's good. It's all good. Somebody, it's gone from our game. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah somebody speared Jamie Benn. I'm trying to think of who it was two years ago or last year. Got him right in the junk, like just stuck. Or no, he butt-ended him. He didn't spear him. He butt-ended him. So, uh, but it it doesn't happen. It is a spec. It's a very different time. In the days of guys sitting there hacking and whacking each other over the head of the stick, those days are the lot. The, you know, you, you, you say nobody's, you can't remember that since you were a kid. There was one in the mid nineties. Remember Tony Granato two handed Neil Wilkinson over the head. Yep, and that yep, was I that do. was a bad one. Tony, I think Tony got he got double digit suspension for that one. I mean, it was ugly. So, but you, you well, know, you're right. It doesn't happen much anymore. Speck, uh, hey, thanks for buying last night. <laughs> Pleasure, and and you know what? Let me close on this. And it's so we go full circle. So no one's slashing each other across the head anymore, which is obviously good. But I think what we also have, Bob, is you know there was a time when if you tried that lacrosse goal that Svechnikov scored on, I mean, you'd be swallowing yes. lumber the rest, rest of the game. And those days are gone. Like, you can try stuff now. You can do stuff now. And, you know, we started this conversation talking about how these kids are scoring all these cool goals now. The, the environment is better and it's open to people trying stuff and it's better for the game I'd rather see a guy score a lacrosse goal than see Brian Marchman two handsome guy across the you know back of the legs wouldn't you uh, yes Mark just because we're on a little bit of a delay here and so it's cutting things off a bit uh, some people are pointing out via text Drysaddle got a spearing major against the San Jose Sharks in the playoffs you can forget that uh, so there you go and regarding the talent most people are saying we're starting to see a watered down league due to expansion there isn't much of a difference between uh, third line and fourth line NHLers and top line AHL forwards and that's why there's greater separation between the top guys and the rest so some fans chiming in on the ashley fine floors text line spec look forward to having you face to face on tuesday so we don't cut each other off in a delay okay all right thanks bobby see you tomorrow you bet that's mark specter 123 in edmonton we'll take a quick time out and hear from connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl when we come back on orders now Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. He's quite the nice fellow, let me tell you. This is Oilers Now. It's 126 in Edmonton. Make sure you go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. Get a no-charge winter performance package on most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus 0% financing on F-150s and select SUVs. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Call 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. All right, Edmonton and Pittsburgh tomorrow. And leading the NHL in scoring right now is Leon Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid had this to say about his line mate. Yeah, it's been great, obviously. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's been that way for a long time. And, and uh, you know, obviously last year scoring 50, over 100 points. Um, you know, it's pretty impressive. And he's off to a great start as well again this year. So um, I hope to keep, keep that rolling. 
And uh, as for Dry Settle, he had these comments on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, it's obviously exciting. Um, you know, they've had a lot of success in the last um, last couple of years. Um, you have some great great skill on that team, great players. So yeah, it'll be a, a good matchup and a good test for. All right, let's go into our orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com and stay tuned. We're going to have some uh, some cool uh, prizing taking place with James H. Brown as the season goes on. We'll start with Pittsburgh, where Jenny Malkin expected to play uh, tomorrow against Edmonton. Back in the studio, Brendan Escott, what else you got? Well, that's it for the Penguins after a dismal start in the injury department. That was all they were waiting for uh, to clear was Evgeny Malkin. He will be back, uh, it sounds like, it tomorrow afternoon. The Oilers playing without Josh Archibald. He's got a foot issue. Joe Kim Nygaard still recovering from a rib injury. And Riley Sheehan day-to-day with an upper body injury. In Toronto, Maple Leafs captain John Tavares uh, will travel with the team to Philly for tomorrow's game against the Flyers and has been skating with uh, Trevor Moore and Mitch Marner the last couple days, getting close to coming back from a broken finger. Jake Muzzin, however, practicing in a non-contact jersey, will not play tomorrow due to personal reasons. All right, it's 128 in Edmonton. We're going to go off to a global traffic update with Eileen Bell and when we come back uh, we'll still hear from Edmonton Oil Kings defenseman New York Rangers prospect Matthew Robertson and coming right up after uh, the news a former Pittsburgh Penguin who starred with Mario Lemieux and is part of the Oilers Radio Network Rob Brown from Pittsburgh this is Oilers Now Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad